and welcome to Pubcast, brought to you by Pubmatic and The Drum. I'm Charlotte McKellany, publisher APAC of The Drum and your host for this series, which seeks to uncover the new frontiers of programmatic advertising. In last month's episode, we talked about video and OTT alongside VUE CEO Janice Lee. And this week, we're stepping into the transparency and supply path optimization topic alongside Group M. And we're looking at why transparency has become such a huge topic for publishers and advertisers alike. But first of all, today, I'm happy to be welcoming back Pubmatic's Chief Revenue Officer for APAC, Jason Barnes, who's going to give us a lowdown on the technology and how it can help the industry. So hello, Jason, and uh, welcome back. Hi, Charlotte. Good to be back here with you. Absolutely. So supply path optimization has become one of those names that it, it does describe exactly what it does. It's, it literally describes what it does. But at the same time, for me, it also sounds kind of incredibly industry jargony. Um, advertising, we, we do have a lot of jargon. Um, so I'm leaning on you this morning to give us a bit of an intro into what that means, to give us a nice, simple explanation and, and what it kind of solves. Sure. Yeah, I guess fundamentally supply path optimization or SPO is about media buyers and DSPs reclaiming control of the digital supply chain. So I'd say that's the simplest way to put it in a sentence. Um, you know, programmatic advertising is pretty complex. Um, automation is supposed to make transactions uh, more streamlined and efficient. But what's happened with many uh, players uh, coming into the supply chain, uh, sometimes uh, digital spending ROI has actually decreased. Um, I'll give you two quick examples of, um, of how that's happened. So uh, one is, you know, in a frag fragmented ecosystem, uh, buyers are bidding across multiple SSPs for the same inventory. So what, what ends up happening is they're bidding against themselves effectively, which obviously is not good for ROI. So nothing nefarious there. It's just fairly inefficient. Um, and also, uh, if you have two different SSPs, um, so in the absence of SPO, if you have, say, SSP1 and SSP2, and uh, one SSP has a direct connection to a domain that has uh, all sorts of measures in place to restrict spoofing, for example, um, but SSP2 does not have all those uh, restrictions uh, in place, what happens is the buyer uh, can often uh, struggle to differentiate between the two different uh, SSPs that the inventory is coming from. And sometimes it often flows, the spend inadvertently flows towards the less expensive inventory, which is often the spoofed version of that domain. Uh, so that's sort of uh, two examples, I guess, of, of how, uh, you know, not having SPO can work against uh, the digital ROI. And SPO really is just a mechanism for solving these sorts of challenges. How does that kind of relate to this, this big topic that's been in the industry, which is transparency? Yeah, uh, and I think you know, SPO and transparency are very often seen as synonymous. Um, but I think SPO is more uh, than just transparency. So there's a variety of tactics which fall under the umbrella of SPO. Um, you know, media buyers certainly are demanding fee transparency and agencies are all requesting full disclosure of fees um, being charged by DSPs and uh, inventory quality vendors, data providers, etc. Uh, and by controlling or minimizing the fees, uh, they're obviously able to increase their working media and ROI. So this is obviously by increasing the transparency. Um, but the thing is, it's, it's really difficult to exert these fee controls if you're working with, you know, 20, 30 different SSPs. So you know, by pruning the long tail SSPs and consolidating spend into a couple of key partners, uh, the agencies can assure they're working with those that are more strategically aligned and committed to finding these solutions. 
And uh, you know, another benefit of working with fewer partners, I think, is around uh, leveraging insights, such as real-time algorithms. So increasingly, we're getting requests for uh, log-level data. Uh, and it's quite expensive, actually, for SSP to provide log-level data and for agencies to ingest. So again, it's a case of uh, you know, working closer with those few partners where you can do those sorts of investments. Uh, and the SPO, therefore, brings that level of transparency uh, through that log-level data and brings more control to the buyer as well. Okay, and kind of beyond the basics of this, where is the industry in terms of the adoption of this? Yeah, there's you know, varying, varying speeds and adoption, uh, as always, uh, with these uh, new initiatives. Um, you know, some are working uh, you know, tremendous progress, others not so much. But might, there's some uh, survey that we actually did recently with Digiday. We interviewed 150 buy-side professionals in the US, so that's agencies, brands, DSPs, and 100 from the UK. And one or two quick data points from that, which I think answers the question perfectly about adoption. So in the US, um, of all of those uh, agencies and brands and DSPs, 45% uh, had already implemented uh, some form of supply path optimization. Another 28% were going to start in the next 12 months. So that's 73% either doing it or about to do it. So I'd say that's pretty high adoption and they're very clear on what is happening. Uh, in the UK, it is an overwhelming majority. So in the UK, 87% of media buyers are actively implementing supply path optimization. Another 6% uh, said that we'll do through in the next 12 months. So that's 93% uh, in the UK. So huge adoption there. In uh, the APAC region, um, I'd say we're starting to see it picking up. Uh, and I'd say, uh, in my view of the market, I'd say on the buy side group, M certainly is one of the most pragmatic and focused uh, of the holding groups around this. So they know, you know what they want to access, specific types of inventory, uh, commercial models, et cetera. And they uh, ask a lot of their supply partners um, you know, to build things that can enable them to execute on this SPO strategy. Um, so yeah, varying degrees um, across the regions. And it's and it's interesting. So as you say, there's there's varying degrees across across regions and and APAC's perhaps a little bit behind. But it, it sounds like you guys as, as Pragmatic are kind of quite invested in this. How far ahead are you with this? What what's your involvement in this? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, we we see it as being critical. To be honest, I think uh, for quite a while now, Pragmatic has taken transparency and quality really seriously, and we see it as potentially a key differentiator of ours. So. Uh, we're having SPO conversations with um, multiple agencies and DSPs. Um, uh, TTD, for example, the trade desk, they recently um, globally reduced their supply paths of all of the supply partners that they had. So they said, if you have an impression coming to TTD and it's coming through Amazon TAM, uh, Google's OB, through a header bidding solution and through a tag, we only want to see that impression through one source. Uh, and we work with them on that. Media Math has a global initiative called Source, uh, which we're working with them on, which is all about um, uh, transparency in the supply chain. Um, and then there's other things that we're doing around um, uh, trying to have the right tools and initiatives in place to facilitate these discussions. And that's everything from the IAB initiatives, like sellers.json uh, and supply chain object through to you know, uh, tag certification uh, and those sorts of things. So uh, in fact, we, we're so confident about the quality of the supply that we have that we also have a fraud-free guarantee to all of our buyers. So anything that they buy on our platform that is deemed fraudulent by a third-party measurement uh, company, uh, we actually rebate that revenue back to them. So I guess it gives a sense of uh, the how hard we are working to try and ensure that our 
inventory is of high quality and transparent. It sounds like it's it's a kind of industry wide. You know, there's lots of people working together on this, which 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 is brilliant. Um, which brings Absolutely. me to our to our next point. So let's bring in our special guest to help us get into the real meat of this. We've got John Miskelly, Asia Pacific Investment Director at Group N, in with us today. So hey, John, welcome. Hey, Charlotte, how are you doing? Not too bad at all. So first up, um, tell me a bit about your role at Group M um, and how this enormous topic of transparency fits into that. Yeah, so my role at Group M as um, APAC Investment Director, I work in the investment team, largely focused around um, digital partnerships and digital investment. And part of that role is trying to understand the programmatic supply chain and what's going on there. We've done a lot of money in programmatic. It's, you know, big focus for us as a group to try and shift our dollars into that space. But the way we tackle transparency and we try and keep it as simple as possible for um, our agencies and our clients is just really trying to understand what's going on. I think that's probably the simplest definition um, of, I think digital has shone light through its ability to count and measure and different metrics across the value chain and really trying to understand what's going on between DSPs, between publishers and SSP. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's just the best way of describing it, isn't it? Just just working out what's going on. I think the complexity is certainly, um, you know, flummoxed a, a lot of brands. Um, I'm I'm keen to just understand, you know, what's the biggest challenges, particularly facing agencies in, in how they approach transparency? Um, listen, just processing the amount of data is a massive challenge as you can imagine so i mean we operate to give you some context about 400 different dsp seats across apac which is a lot of um seats but just trying to process this i think when we looked at it for 2019 we spent you know we looked we saw about overspend across 10 million different domains happening which is just a huge amount of data to process so just having like the server space and the capability to be able to analyze and process information is probably the biggest challenge that we have at the minute. But we're, 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 we're getting there and we've processed a lot of that and we're finding some really, really interesting insights from the data we're processing. I've got that. I mean, you just hear those numbers and it's just kind of a bit mind blowing, to be honest. So um, that's, that's quite a, yeah, that's quite a factor to, to take in. Um, I mean, for a long time, the industry has been talking about the so-called tech tax and creating kind of more value for advertisers and publishers alike. There's clearly a need for the services of these ad tech companies to, to provide that, you know, that value on, on top of what, you know, the media buying, but it sounds like advertisers want that in a way that's transparent. Um, my big, my big question, I guess, is how can the industry move towards this goal? I'll go to Jason first on this one. Yeah, I think, um, your point that you know how does the industry move to this alludes to the fact that we all have a part to play uh, so we need to collectively adopt a set of standards i think the iab has uh, shown some great leadership here i mean things like sellers.json and supply chain i think is, is a good example of this i think it's uh, one thing that we should bear in mind though is transparency doesn't mean 100 percent of media going through to the publishers of course I think agencies, DSPs, SSPs all really do provide value and that value is obviously not free. Um, As you can imagine, not a big fan of the word uh, tech tax either. I think it's a little misleading. Uh, Taxes are involuntary. I think that's one of the reasons people don't like them. But uh, And certainly suggesting buyers and publishers are somehow forced to use the programmatic ecosystem uh, is incorrect. 
Um, advertisers certainly can adopt non-programmatic approaches, but what we have seen is generally it tends to lead to uh, greater difficulty and perhaps increased costs in trying to reach their audiences. Uh, and the same with publishers, they can also hire larger sales teams, obviously, and go away from automation, but I'm not sure that there's um, a lot of benefits in doing that. Yeah, I, I agree with Jason. I think I'm not a huge fan of the term tech tax. I think it's okay for companies to be fairly remunerated for the value that they add in the um, supply chain. I think it's just back to that definition of understanding what's going on and knowing the business practices that different companies operate and having that knowledge um, is probably more important um, than trying to squeeze a couple of percentage points here and there on the demand side and the supply side. So to give you an example, one of the things we've discovered is um, you know, just how much, just how much volume is going to things like obfuscated domains, and you know, which are being registered as unknown domains, or how much money is being spent on domains that we spend less than twenty dollars a month with. And I think those are the things that we are really interested in. And back to that primary definition, just trying to understand what's going across the supply chain. And I think it's okay for companies to be fairly rewarded if they're adding significant enough value. So how does supply path optimization fit into this for you? So let, let's start with John on that. And again, like I try to be a, I'm a simple person. I try and be as simple as possible. Supply path optimization for us is just being a bit more selective of what we currently do, which is um, working with, I guess, fewer partners in a more efficient way to deliver better results for clients. And SBU for us is very much about talking to the end publisher um, and the end broadcaster or the end app developer. I think for us, we wanna, um, we wanna own that relationship. And we wanna use companies, I'm not sure Jason will, um, not lovely for saying this, but using companies like Pubmatic more as, more as a technology-based solutions rather than, I guess, sellers of media and really owning the conversation with the end publisher and using companies like Pubmatic to help facilitate that buy. Um, rather than using them as the primary sales host. Got it. And, and Jason, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We, I think to John's point, we always very much want to be seen as a technology partner um, in SPO. Um, I think for us, it's really about providing the tools and the flexibility that enables uh, the brands, the agencies and the DSPs to activate SPO. So to my point a little earlier, you know, ensuring the accreditation is in place. Uh, ensuring uh, we have the ability to pass on log data, uh, ensuring we can be quite flexible around you know, how billing happens or how processes happen. So I think for us, it's about ensuring we have all the tools, capabilities and flexibilities so that we can meet the needs of those brands, agencies and DSPs. And I, I guess my, my next question on this really is, is why is this partnership between that sell side and buy side so important? How does it start to solve this issue of, of transparency? Uh, yeah, there's, there's a number of different um, ways that this can work, really. And I think uh, a lot of it is around collaboration. I think um, each uh, brand or buyer or DSP has a different um, outcome that they want to achieve. And so I think there's uh, multiple ways for us to try and achieve this. Again, whether it's uh, flexibility um, around how they access the inventory, you know, different uh, methods of accessing via header bidding or do they want it uh, via another way? What is the format of inventory that they want? Uh, but generally, I would always say that a tight commercial partnership uh, amongst a selected group of partners that are strategically aligned 
uh, is really um, the, the key way to look at this, and that's where the value really comes through. Um, but I think one other, one other thing that COVID-19 has really brought to the front as far as these partnerships between sell and buy side is concerned is around financial stability. So I believe we are in a highly unstable time at the moment, and I believe there's still you know, at least another 12 months for us to go. So I think it's very important to have a look at partners that have strong financial stability, uh, have good cash flows, cash flow positive uh, or profitable, ideally. I think that's another key factor to have a look at that's sort of outside of everything we've spoken about today, but is increasingly a factor in these partnerships. Yeah, I mean, like, no more, it's more and more appropriate today what's happened, but we're all in the same end game, whether you're a publisher, whether you're an SSP, whether you're a DSP or an agency, we're all in we're all in there to try and deliver better solutions for advertisers and clients because if that happens, then we can obviously drive clients' business results and we can obviously attract more money into the ecosystem. And there's been so much, uh, I guess, sort of PR around like, you know, negative terms like ad tech tax and transparency and things like that. I think a lot of advertisers are probably, and rightly so, a little bit nervous about programmatic. And these partnerships are now so critical just to deliver confidence and business outcomes for clients and we're now really all in the same game on this space so these partnerships become more and more critical than ever to try and deliver end results for our clients so I think that and especially given what's happened over the last six months clients you know they need to try and drive um, business outcomes sales and brand brand uplift that these partnerships are more important than ever. I think that's interesting because I, I think the word confidence that you used is is quite a key thing there and, and as you say with you know, uncertain financial circumstances in, in the economy, confidence is obviously completely crucial. Um, I mean, what are the next steps for this? So how are businesses kind of innovating with this? And, you know, I, I guess to that point about confidence, you know, how are we, how are we moving on and helping brands in this? Um, John, what about you? Yeah, well, like, this is a, this is a, this is a start of a journey for us. But like, one of the things that we're doing to try and help Deliver Listen, to go back a step, there's no doubt programmatic advertising is good. It is helpful for brands to be able to deliver better outcomes because they can be more selective on the data layers that they use. They can able to cherry pick certain sources that perform better for them. I think we have to, we start that as a base point that programmatic advertising is good for advertising or for clients. So what we're doing is trying to build that confidence, like we said. The first point of it, let's analyze the data and understand where money's going, like my point. If we're spending on lots of unknown domains, let's turn those into known domains as a start. Um, let's try and find pockets of infantry that perform well, whether it delivers better brand uplift or build better CPAs. Work with those end publishers, app developers, or broadcasters to help build better access to infantry for our clients. Or working with, and then working with the likes of Jason mentioned the trade desk. Working with people like Pubmatic to find ways in which we can get our clients' messages to that end publisher as efficiently and effectively as possible. And a lot of it is the, the analysis of the data, like bringing in, as Jason mentioned, bringing in the log level data to make sure that it matches the DSP, bringing in all the DSP log level information to make sure it matches the ad server numbers, bringing in the publisher ad server numbers to make sure that it adds up. So a lot of it is just about trying to get the data online, making it all add up and making sure that this confidence around transparency or discrepancies we can try and bring this together and stitch it together a little bit cleaner for advertisers advertisers and jason what's your thought on on next steps and in, in innovation 
Yeah, I'll just touch on the innovation part, I think, to what John's been saying. Um, you know, we are challenged by um, agencies like Group, Group M to co-innovate. So uh, just what John was talking about, stitching, you know, data together. Uh, we have to start doing things like, um, you know, getting more granular reporting ready. Uh, we've been asked to implement new sort of flags in the bid stream to collect data. Um, and better identify uh, different types of inventory. So all these things we're being challenged um, by as well and having to innovate around that uh, in order to meet the needs of the agencies and the brands. So I think there's this co-innovation I think is great. The agencies are innovating uh, to try and meet the needs of their uh, brands and they're there for you know, forcing the whole supply chain to innovate really, which I think is fantastic and takes the whole industry forward, uh, which I think is a very positive outcome of supply path optimization. Another, another thing it's doing for us, uh, not spoken about much, but uh, being a software company, infrastructure is very important for us uh, and our infrastructure costs uh, are huge. And that is around things like uh, processing of impressions, uh, data center costs, et cetera. But um, having some spend consolidated means that we can innovate around that infrastructure piece. And the outcome of that means that if we are able to uh, innovate around our infrastructure, it drives our costs down and we're therefore able to pass these on ultimately to the brands and to the publishers, uh, which I think is a, um, a good outcome for everyone. Just a distance point there, like about data processing. I think that's probably one of the things that people don't quite understand. I mentioned our example, like just processing 10 million domains, it just took a huge amount of processing time and also uh, manual work to try and sort of categorize that and synthesize it. There's a lot of data out there and it does require a lot of space and a lot of work. It, it, mm. it, it, that's probably one of the biggest things I see and one of the reasons why consolidation and maybe just being a bit more selective about who you use is important. Yeah, exactly. And just, I guess, to end, I've got a slightly loaded question here, but uh, how close are we to true transparency? Will we ever be? And uh, who wants to take that first? I'll go. I think it's a long way off. I mean, you need to have a single source of truth. I think television is the greatest example of the single source of truth that just worked. I mean, you can question, you can question the validity or the imperfectness of the Nielsen panel um, across for TV measurement, but it's something that, Everyone's works off the single source of truth, and whether it's right or wrong, at least everyone's wrong together on it, if it is wrong. Um, with digital, you've got so many different sources of truth that it's really hard to stitch together. And there's obviously a number of companies in the supply chain, big organizations that only work off their numbers and makes it quite difficult to try and have a single source of truth. So I, I think we're quite a while yet. We will do our best to try and minimize that, but I think having a consolidated single source of truth across all digital is pretty difficult. And Jason, what about you to finish us off? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you can never have complete transparency because of these uh, large walled gardens that John just alluded to where transparency is not something that they're necessarily moving towards. I think if we look outside of that, all of us are trying as hard as we can. And I think we're moving faster in the direction of transparency than we ever have before. And I think the good thing to what I was saying a little earlier on the innovation piece is that uh, the brands and agencies can use their spending power to drive this change uh, through, which I think is uh, very good for the entire industry. Um, the end point, I think, you know, it'd be great if we do get to a point where brands and agencies are really confident that their programmatic budgets are being spent efficiently uh, and that they have a sense of control. 
uh, and that the publishers feel that they're getting the value that they deserve out of it. I think that is sort of a worthy endpoint for us to work towards. Lovely. Thanks so much. So thank you both today for, for joining us and giving us your, your insights and helping us learn a little bit more about this topic of transparency that I know is going to continue to be really, really important and how supply path optimization fits into it. For me, I think the takeaway seems to be kind of bringing more confidence into the, the industry. Um, so thank you both very much and join us next time. <laughs>